Good evening. Welcome to another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoss, C70 The Bat, at C70 on Twitter with me, David Jones, iPop editor on the Twitters, coming to you Sunday night. It's the all-star break. We had finally, take a breath, not have to worry about the Cardinals for four days. Um, maybe that's, is, is, are you looking forward to that kind of peace and not that kind of anxiety of, of how are they going to mess us up tonight? <laughs> oh, we're starting on that note. Uh, <laughs> going fully positive. You know, it's been one of those weird things because I'm the type of person that even with a 162 game schedule, I kind of always built my schedule around watching the Cardinals, if at all possible, uh, whether that meant watching at home on my TV or on my laptop or whether that meant that I was walking around Target with my phone going. But the last several weeks, that has really not been the case. It's kind of been one of those like, oh, I got nothing going on. Let me check the score. Oh, nope, they're down 5 nothing. not going to turn it on. <laughs> or it might be like today, I thought, yeah, I've got, I've got nothing going on. I'll watch this entire game. And I was pretty happy. So it's going to feel a little weird having those days where they're not there, but not like years past where yeah. I was just hanging on every pitch. Now it's kind of one of those things where it's like, we're only at the halfway point or a couple games beyond. And I feel like the season's already over. Eh, so, so be it. So, okay, yeah. Okay. Whatever. That's where I'm at. And, and that's fair. I think that's where a lot of us are at. Is there, is there a little bit of anticipation perhaps because, you know, in the past, Cardinals have come into the, in the, to the all-star break and they might be in first, they might be close. They might be, you know, who knows what, piddling around. But there's still that idea, okay, they're going to go out and get something at the deadline. And we have a little bit of that anticipation of what they're going to do, even though we're pretty sure they're not going to do anything. Um, you know, especially in the past with, you know, things like Juan Soto and all these big, fun, exciting things get bandied about. And then it becomes J.A. Happ, J. Happ and um, John Lester and those kind of things. Is there a little bit different feel of anticipation knowing that this year, barring something strange, and we talk a little bit about where the Cardinals could be versus where they are now, but barring something strange, this team should be selling in another week or so. Is there a little bit of that anticipation of let's see what the rumors are like on this side of the table? You know, I've been thinking about that this week, and I was really hoping you wouldn't ask me about it <laughs> because I feel like I'm committing Cardinals blasphemy when I say this. But if you can wrap your mind around the fact that this team is not making the playoffs, mm -hmm. if you can get to that point, which it is heartbreaking and I don't want to accept it, and I still want to have a little bit of hope that they can somehow put it together and get in. But if you can accept the fact and come to terms with the fact that they are not going to make the playoffs, there is a little bit of excitement looking towards the trade deadline, because I think this time around, we're not talking about trading those top picks. We're not talking about Jordan Walker's name being involved in a trade. We're not talking about Mason Wynn or Tinkins. We're talking about guys who have expiring contracts. And even on top of that, for the most part, we're not talking about Paul Goldschmidt. We're not talking Ooh. about Nolan Arenado. Some of the key core pieces and the fan favorites are staying, and I feel pretty good about saying that. And so, yeah, there. it sounds terrible to say that you kind of look towards it with some excitement, but it's kind of one of those things like you have to look towards something or else you're just going to be depressed with this season. 
So I do think there is something there. Now, I will say this. The only thing about that is, and Bernie Nicholas had a very good piece on this. What you're getting back in return for these trade pieces is no longer what it used to be. Right. You're not bringing in a team's number one prospect, probably not their number two or number three. What we see teams doing a lot of is they may give up their six, their 12 and their 27 for for a pitcher. Uh, So that's where I try to temper my expectations a little bit because Jordan Montgomery is probably not going to bring a top 100 prospect. Now, maybe somebody gets desperate and that's what he brings in and that's it great but it's probably going to be a little more of a mashup of mid-level prospects help me out here are are you with me on this or have i just stood isolated in the corner on myself committing this blasphemy do you look at this with a little bit of excitement or am i just nuts here Uh, first of all i want to point out that it was just like a couple of weeks ago where you were literally washing your hands of this team so you know, you've had a little bit of time to prepare for this. Um, this that is true. Blasphemy. Um, no, I am. <laughs> I, I, I think it's at this time of year, it's always somewhat fun to see what the Cardinals are tied to. Right. It's usually like we said, and you, and you see the big names, you're like, Oh, they're tied to Soto or, Oh, they're tied to this guy, that's guy. And you're like, that's not going to happen you know that's not going to happen, right? And uh, we know how the Cardinals operate. And even though this makes sense, even though this would be a good move, it's it's not going to happen. This year, it's interesting to see, one, what the value of some of these players actually is. Are we going to see some rumors of people we don't expect, like Tommy Edmond? Does Tommy Edmond have a market outside of St. Louis and is the front office going to listen on that kind of thing with a guy like Donovan with, you know, a lot of other middle infield guys. And I know Tommy Edmund is apparently our center fielder, but you know that we do have a few other outfielders. So do you listen on a Tommy Edmund? And if so, what's the return? Um, I, I think there is a little bit of intri- intrigue about that. I also think, I, I know you're, you're absolutely right that that teams trade differently than they did, did in the past. But I will also say that, the expanded playoffs have made it so that there's only like three teams actually selling, right? <laughs> I mean, it's the, the Cardinals, uh, the A's, the Nationals, the Royals, maybe the only maybe the only teams in baseball that aren't really legitimately in the wild card race. And the other three teams of that nature don't necessarily have a lot of assets that they either going to or have any talent. You know, the, the Cardinals are a team that have some talent. They could actually move. And so, yeah, Jordan Montgomery may be the best player on the market, in which case that bidding war may become uh, kind of interesting. So this is all assuming that Jordan Montgomery's uh, hamstring is fine, which sounds like it probably is, but we won't know for sure, probably for another day or so. Um, I, I Yeah, I think it's just intriguing. And, and you're right. Even if you're only getting like the sixth best prospect out of somebody's organization, if it's a pitcher it's probably better than any other pitcher this organization has except for Tink Kent's, right? And and if it's a if it's a guy that's at AAA that could make an impact at least next year, at least be in the mix for the back end of the rotation next year, uh, legitimately, then that's value to the Cardinals, I think. Um, even if you know it may be a win-win type of situation. Um, I saw that Jeff Jones put out that the Blue Jays and Philadelphia apparently were 
keeping tabs on Montgomery. So that's already interesting, right? I mean, it's already, already seeing that there are some, there is interest in what the Cardinals have on the market. And I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see what the teams are offering and what the Cardinals settle on getting. And, you know, then we're going to be able to have a discussion of was that the best they could do? Um, or did they sell a really, really valuable asset for pennies on the dollar? And that's, you know, hey, it gives us something else to complain about during the half of the second, the season. And, and I think that's a very important thing. So what I'm hearing is the Phillies are ready to go ahead and sell from for, on Trey Turner because of his slow start. So we're looking at maybe at Montgomery DeYoung for Trey Turner deal, or, or maybe uh, Bo Bichette. Is that maybe somewhere in there? I, I was thinking. I'm hopeful that they'll hold up for the, the you know Bryce Harper. I mean, he can't field right now, so he's obviously worth less than he was. So, you know, I, I think that's probably where we're looking right now. We have Dylan Carlson, so shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, straight up one for one, not happening. But yeah, you know that is interesting and. And I was looking back at like the uh, the Mali trade last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they picked up, I think, the best prospect they got. I think they got three or four prospects, but the best prospect was the Twins' number six prospect, which doesn't sound great. Well, that sixth prospect was Spencer Steer, who is actually doing really, really well for right. the Reds this year. Right. Uh, looks like an everyday player for a long time. So there was value there. Somebody... I, you know, maybe Cincinnati got really lucky or someone was doing their homework and they knew what was going on. You know, it's interesting bringing up Tommy Edmond or Brendan Donovan. Um, I, I had some flashbacks this week too, and this was going to a different sport, but uh, Herm Edwards used to speak at like the rookie symposium for the NFL mm-hmm. for their rookies. And he would talk to him and say things like, listen, you want a house? You only need one house. You can't <laughs> live in two at the same time. You want a watch? You only need one watch. You can't wear two. You want a car? And he would go through that whole thing. And I thought, you know what? The Cardinals were kind of there with like, hey, you want a second baseman? You can only play one at a time. You want a shortstop? <laughs> you can only play one at a time. And so maybe this is a way to kind of get rid of that log jam. Now, I, I do think in a lot of cases with get guys like Tommy Edmond and maybe even Brendan Donovan, I think they're more valued by their own organization mm-hmm, than by mm-hmm. outside organizations. Right. And so I think fans might be really disappointed with what they would hear the return would be. Now, maybe not when you start bringing in gold gloves and if a team needs defense, maybe that helps. Uh, but on the radio this week on uh, the morning drive, they were talking about how the Cardinals are going to need to make some painful trades. Now, I think the things we've talked about so far are logical trades, Montgomery, Flaherty, Hicks, DeYoung, you know, some of those guys, those are logical. We see those guys probably not coming back next year. Contracts are ending. It makes sense. But they said for the Cardinals to really reshape this roster, we're going to have to see some of those painful deals. Guys that fans are attached to. They weren't going as far as MLB Network with Paul Goldschmidt, but it was talking about, yeah, we may need to see Tommy Edmond or Brendan Donovan or Dylan Carlson or Lars Newtbar involved in a trade. It it may take something like that to really make this roster look better. But of course, if you're going to do something like that, you're not just doing it for a trade deadline deal. You're doing it looking forward two, three, four years to the future Mm -hmm. rather than just what you can get for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and there's, I mean, there's, there's fair discussion about do the Cardinals, you know, get enough here. You know, who's is, is John Moselock up for this given that he's never had to really do it before is 
Randy Flores, does Randy Flores take a bigger role because there's doing scouting of, of play? And we've seen with the draft and we'll talk about tonight's draft here in a minute. Um, you know, how valuable that Randy Flores has been at times. Um, you know, do, does that give you more confidence? I mean, there's a lot of different variables in here. And I don't know that besides the pending free agents, you know, obviously you don't just trade, you're not trading just to be trading, right? You're, you know, if you don't get a really good deal on Tommy Edmund, you don't trade him. That's fine. Um, you know, the, the return on somebody like Jordan Hicks that maybe you don't think you're going to get next year may not have to be as great. Um, I, I don't know. I think this, I just think it's a very interesting time. Uh, it gives you a reason to actually check out MLB trade rumors. Although, you know, you're probably seeing most of that on Twitter beforehand. Um, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how this happens. Now it's possible that the Cardinals take advantage of this soft spot in their schedule and do just enough to decide to hold Pat, which would be about as frustrating as possible with this season. Um, but you and I were talking about earlier, they went two out of three against the White Sox, a team that has a very similar record to them, their own. Um, they've just taken, they took two or three of the Yankees last weekend. They could have, sw- they could have taken three or four, from the Marlins instead just won one game there. They've got the Nationals after the break. They've got some games with the Cubs. Um, you know, are you a little bit worried that they're going to win? Like they're going to go on this nice little hot streak right before the deadline and give John Mosellock the wrong idea about this team. I don't want to say I'm worried. Do I think that's what happens? Mm probably (laughs) you know but if they want to get back in contention then i'm all for it like you know if if we're getting close to august and this team is five or six games out sure hey let's do that i I would i'll take that over being 11 and a half games out for sure Uh, what you know i I don't see it happening though and part of that is because i think the way cincinnati and milwaukee are playing and because they're neck and neck right now, like you're having to really compete with both of them right now. I just don't see the Cardinals gaining a whole lot of ground. Now, maybe they're nine games back when that point comes. But so far, this team hasn't shown us that they have the ability to gain much ground. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen maybe one situation all year where over two weeks, they kind of cut the lead in half. Uh, but you know, I I just don't have any confidence with the pitching staff right now that they're going to actually be able to get back into it. Now, Montgomery and Flaherty and Michaelis have looked pretty good, uh, but where's the other pitching going to come from? And I say that on a day that Steven Matz looks like one of the best pitchers in baseball, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Now, maybe it does. Maybe it'll give the fans something to root for, and I'm all about it. I think what's more likely is that we see this team slowly make its way up the standings where they don't make the playoffs. But rather than having a top five pick in next year's draft, we're actually talking about like a 12th pick in the draft. And I, I think it's more likely they hurt their draft status than actually hurt their trade deadline deals this year. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, and almost as frustrating, right? I mean, it's been a long time <laughs> since the Cardinals had a top 10 pick much less a possible top five pick um, and for them to go ahead and, you know, finish the season at 76 and wins. And then, you know, like 11th in the MLB, um, that would, that would be just kind of the icing on the cake on this kind of year, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I fully expect. 
I, th- yeah. I feel like that's going to happen. Or they get uh, a really, really have really bad luck in the lottery. That's the other thing that yeah, can happen that's too. Also, also just possible. really bad luck. Yeah. And maybe they do finish in the bottom five, but they're picking around 10th or something. Yeah. Although I will say it was also like, if the Cardinals had the like infinitesimal t- chance of getting the first pick and won that, baseball would melt down um, <laughs> because they, they, you know, how many times the Cardinals have had uh, compensating uh, market picks and things of that nature and people just getting an uproar that the Cardinals have that kind of thing. So if they actually got the top pick in, in the draft, um, Cardinal Devil, and maybe that's what the Cardinals are saving up their Cardinal Devil Magic for this year. I, I don't know. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, and next but, year's la- draft is so loaded that really, I think if you have a top four pick, which a lot of things can change, right. but right now it looks like if you have a top four pick, you're going to get an elite player. So who knows? Uh, yep. Maybe, maybe that devil magic returns. Yep. That being said, the Cardinals are only three games behind Pittsburgh, four and a half behind the Cubs. So, I mean, you're not, you're not, it's not out of the realm of possibility really to be in third place by well, maybe even the trade deadline with the, with the fact that the Cardinals have, I think, like seven games, six or seven games against the Cubs between now and then. So, you know, it could go other way. I think we've kind of resigned ourselves to a sell, and I think it's probably the best thing. But, you know, it would be just typical Cardinals to uh, put a put a run on and, and uh, you know, surprise everybody, I guess. So, um. Before before we talk a little bit even more about this this week though, like we said, draft tonight. Cardinals select uh, outfielder Chess Davis from Arizona, twenty first pick overall. Cardinals Office don't have a second round pick because of the signing of Wilson Contreras, um, and so they'll start drafting again tomorrow with the third round. Um, Chase Davis, I I am not a I am not a prospect guy, um, especially not once they're before they're in the system, so. What are your thoughts on Chase Davis? Well, I am no Kyle Reese. I will say that right now. Um, But I had an inclination that the Cardinals were going to take this guy. There were just way too many groups and organizations connecting them to him. Mm -hmm. And you and I talked, I think, off uh, off mic last week about how it's really funny. NFL draft, there's all this smoke, all these smoke screens and – People are kind of being deceptive. MLB, teams don't hide it very well. Like everyone knows if a team's looking at a college arm or they're looking at a college bat or high school or what that is. So people had a pretty good idea what the Cardinals were looking for. And his name kept coming up over and over and over again. So because of that, I had some time this week to really look into his his numbers and look at his swing and things like that. And I got to say, I am very impressed and I love this pick. 21 years old. He's a left-handed outfielder. Like you mentioned, he's from Arizona. He's got some raw power. But the thing is, the guy can hit it to all fields. And even with that power, he's projecting to possibly be a center fielder. Um, at worst, he's going to be probably a corner outfielder. But he may be able to stick in center field. Um, speed is a little bit above average. Probably not as good a speed as you'd want to see from a center fielder. Now, if the Cardinals have Victor Scott playing center field in a couple years, he's going to outrun him and run laps around him, no doubt. But he does have a pretty good arm and pretty good defense out there. The thing that people kept bringing up with him over and over, if you looked at any profile, is they said he does have, they worry about his swing and miss hit tool. Hmm. But the funny thing is they talk about that like, 
past tense because that was like a year ago, not this past season. A year ago, he had some issues with that. This season, he cleaned up a lot of things. His his strikeout rate was only 14.3%, which is very impressive. What really got me, he struck out 40 times this year. He walked 43 times. His on-base percentage was almost 500, and the guy hit 21 home runs. Now, probably what helped with that is he got hit by a pitch 13 times, (laughs) so uh, I don't know how battered and bruised he is. Um, But something happened, because even in 2022, he played in the Cape Cod League, which there were years where the Cardinals seemed to like go after Cape Cod guys, like their favorite things. Um, but 2022, he played the Cape Cod league. His numbers were not great, but that's where he started playing center field this past year at Arizona. His numbers shot up. I mean, average was up to 362, crushing the ball. Uh, they brought it up on MLB network that his swing is a carbon copy of Carlos Gonzalez. And if you look, Holy cow, I mean, it is exact. But uh, this guy is exciting. He's an exciting player in the way he plays the game, the way he plays the outfield. He can crush the ball um, as long as that hit tool comes along. And, and by all means, it looks like it is. I think the Cardinals got a steal here. Uh, some people had him ranked in the 20s. I think Keith Law had him ranked 30th. So Keith Law will love talking bad about the Cardinals overreaching on this one. But if you look at perfect game, they had him ranked ninth. Um, of all prospects. He's one of those guys that I think that in most years, he's probably a top 15 pick. The Cardinals just got helped out by a ton of depth this year. And so I am very, very excited. Funny thing about him. He's actually older than Jordan Walker, but that just tells you about how awesome Jordan (laughs) Walker has been. But yeah, this is a pick that I absolutely love. I had his name written down circled for a long time. uh, And I'm excited to see what he can do. This is, this is very, very exciting. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's. I mean, just uh, glancing around, it seems like that's a. I've been a pretty solid pick for sure, um, and I mean, it's a little interesting. Of course, he, you never, especially first round, you never draft for need, um, especially in baseball because it's going to take. You know, what your need is going to be four, three or four years when this guy actually makes it to the majors, maybe something completely different. But it is a little bit. You know, interesting that as much as the pitching staff has crumbled this year, that the Cardinals didn't go pitching to start with. But uh, yeah, I think it's very, uh, very interesting. An idea that, you know, this guy could be there. I mean, he's a college guy. So what? I mean, are we talking three years? Do you think? Is he a fast riser? Do you have any idea? I would think, yeah, I would think you're looking at about three years. Yeah, don't. It, it's not like other sports, you know. And I hate it when I see comments. People are like, "Well, if he's not in the lineup next week, then this was a wasted pick." <laughs> well, it's not how it works. I I saw that when the Blues made their picks. They're like, "If these guys can't contribute this year, it's like the guy just graduated high school. Give him a break for a second. So yeah, he, he's he's not one of those guys. You're not going to see him this year or next year. But yeah, I think he's probably a three year at worst, four year. Um, assuming that he does make the major leagues. But yeah, I, I think he's one of those guys. He's a plug and play person right now. You know, last year with Jerpy, they couldn't really um, just throw him in a rotation. The guy's arm was fatigued. He had pitched a lot. You couldn't just get him going again. You had to give him time to rest. This is one of those cases where I think as long as health is okay, that we see Davis put into one of the farm clubs uh, pretty soon once he's signed. And yeah, I would say about three years and I think he should be in the majors. Yeah, I think that's a, the. It's always interesting to see where these guys start and how long they're there, right? I mean, sometimes they'll throw them into 
to low A ball, and then you know even a week or two if they if they're hitting you well enough, they might bump them up. So, um, and now that these these seasons run, you know the draft comes earlier, or well actually the draft comes later, but the signing period is shorter. Uh, so these kids get out on the field a lot of times, and then the minor league system runs a little longer. You can get actually get a pretty decent feel for them. You know, it used to be they might not even make it um, until the next year playing for the whatever team. Um, but a lot of these guys get out there, and you know, he might be if the Cardinals have a, have a plan, have him. They could have him signed in the next couple of days, and you know, by the end of the week, he could be playing at uh, at Peoria or, or Palm Beach or whatever they're going to start him with. So. Um, it'll be fun. I mean, it's always interesting to see, you know, one, where they put these guys and two, you know, how they clear the room for these guys too, right? There's, they, you know, there's going to be some guys that we were talking about or, or saw drafted two or three years ago that are going to probably get their walking papers because they've got to make room for these new guys. Yeah. And I will tell people, if you're looking to find out a little bit more about him and you Google his name, uh, you may find that he is playing defensive back for Alabama this year and as a freshman. Cool. That is the wrong Chase Davis. Just just want to get that out there, save you guys some time. But uh, well, yeah. I, I, I figure. I mean, the Cardinals get these two way players, right? I mean, Jordan Hicks is playing <laughs> football. Somebody, somebody. I, I can't remember who, but uh, you know, it seems yeah, to be. They're both six one, so it, it's very. It could be very easy to confuse them. But no, no. One is a lefty that's a little over two hundred pounds. The other one is getting yelled at by Nick Saban for probably missing tackles. So I mean, it worked for Brian Jordan. I don't see why. <laughs> can't work again so uh anyway very interesting i I, you know and we'll see how the rest of the draft goes hopefully it's another solid and and well-received draft but you know again even if it's if people go out there and give it an a grade right now the the proof is going to be in two or three years when it comes out um exactly you know 2020 is is going to skew us we've seen we talked about this what last week i think or week four where the cardinals have had you know Walker and Burleson already make it to the majors, Mason Wynn is knocking on the door. Tinkins is probably a year or so away, and then there's Ian Bedell who has pitched very well over the last couple of weeks. And at, at uh, I think is he at Peoria or Palm Beach? I think he's at Peoria. Uh, I think yeah. he's for it. But anyway, he's should you know, be he's, at Springfield soon. Right, exactly. He'd probably be at Springfield. Uh, I asked. Um, I think it was Kareem from uh, Viva, uh, who's who does some. Um, some great prospect work and I asked him and he said, yeah, probably after they, you know, get the draft done and start sorting these guys out and trying to find places for these guys that are drafting. That's when, like we said, people get cleared out, but people also get bumped up. And so he may be at Springfield soon and that puts him, you know, that could see him in the major leagues next year. Heavens knows, given the way this rotation is anybody <laughs> that's pitching well could have a chance at being in, the, in if at least making a debut next year. So uh, if all five of those guys make debuts and, and, you know, have even a season of success in, in the majors, that's maybe the best draft of all time. Yeah. Um, Randy Flores, he deserves a lot of credit for what has happened. It, it just the Cardinals have not missed on very many early picks with him at the helm. So uh, that's another reason why I'm excited about this pick, because I thought if Randy Flores thinks that Chase Davis is a great pick, then, hey, who am I to disagree? I'm on board mm-hmm. with this, too. I'm expecting great things. Yeah. Yep. Looks look forward to it. So um, so that was good. We've, we had that. We had some good wins this week. Um, it wasn't all positive, of course. Um, 
exactly how deflating was it to watch Jordan Hicks try to reach the upper deck on the third of first this week? <laughs> oh, um, I guess I guess Jordan needs to throw at 103 to first base <laughs> because that was oh oh yeah. You know, people keep saying, "Have the Cardinals hit rock bottom?" And then people are like, yeah, this is rock bottom. But then they find a way to dig the hole a little bit deeper. And we keep seeing that over and over. You know, even though we ended on a good note, man, like you you mentioned earlier, they easily could have a few more wins just this week alone that they don't have. But that's kind of what we've come to expect all year. They've got 19 losses this year by one run. 19. I think unless Cleveland has gained another one since uh, I saw that stat that ties them for first with Cleveland, which if you think you take a third of those and the Cardinals are right back in the hunt, if they could have won a third of those one run games, but alas, and some of those games that probably should have been one run, they lost by more than that because the bullpen came in and gave up something. Is it just me or does it feel like Andre Pallante has probably been a part of like 17 of those blown leads and and one run losses? It it just seems like when he comes in with runners on base, you know, the lead is changing hands. Pallante is an interesting guy because last year he was really, really effective coming out of the bullpen, right? I mean, he was pretty good guy that, you could see him pitch a couple of innings. He could, he could. I think he may even made a spot start. I can't remember, but he, he looked, made quite a few starts last year. Yeah, um, yeah. But he looked pretty good coming out of the bullpen, and 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 now, yeah. I mean, if if he, I don't know. I, I'm gonna see if I can pull it up real quick and look at his game log. But it feels like it's been a long time since he's had a uh, a clean inning. I mean, a clean outing. It seems like he's always giving up runs. I mean, his ERA is 460 for the year. And, you know, although he is still on the positive side on war, according to baseball reference, by point, point 0.1, which is better than I would have necessarily expected. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's had a few squatted here, but um, since the beginning of June, he's had one, two, three, four, five different outings out of 12, I think where he's allowed runs, uh, 13. Um, he's, you know, blown three saves in that, in that time period and has a 540 ERA. I, you know, I, there's a, there's always, you know, there's always that guy that seems to catch all the bad luck. And right now, some of that's on Palante, but you know, some of that's also, and you know, I don't know that we want to at 30 minutes in start getting into all the um, bullpen management, but <laughs> it does feel like and. I get there's not a whole lot of people you trust out there, but I'm not sure that Andre Palante needs to be one of those guys I trust in the middle innings. And it seems like he is for Ollie. Yeah. You know, I'll say before last year started, he was coming off his starts in the Arizona fall league. If I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. I thought he was a future starter for their rotation. Everything that they were saying about him, just glowing reviews, just the way he was pitching and throwing. I thought this guy was a future number three in the rotation. He started 10 games last year, looked good some of the time, struggled some of the time, eventually got out of the rotation. Although they felt like the Cardinals may have just overused him and he wasn't ready yet. But coming off that, I thought this guy's still young. I was expecting really, really good things. I mean, he's still only 24, 
but this year has just felt like a train wreck. Now, I will say last year, even though his ERA was under four, his whip was 1.4. And you look this year, his whip is 1.5. And that's just not going to play in the major leagues. Like you are playing with fire when that happens. Mm -hmm. But even so, he has regressed this year. He should be better than he was last year, and he has regressed. And I feel like the Cardinals have lost multiple games and blown multiple games because he has not been able to get that out when he needed to. Sometimes it's just one out with runners on base. And when he comes in with runners on, it, it's just a mess. Now, like you mentioned, that you could there's some management issues there too, and I feel like the Cardinals starters have not been allowed to uh, clean up their innings and finish their innings when they still had some pitches left in the arsenal. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been a mess with the bullpen. It's been a mess with the starters not going as long as they need to. And and that's another reason why I just feel like we're not going to see this team get too far back into it. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably true. It is interesting, just pulling up Planta. He does have better numbers, surprisingly, with runners in scoring position than he does with nobody on. Um, you know, his OPS with runners in scoring position is 701 versus an 859 um, otherwise. So... That is not what I would have expected uh, looking at this. I will say he um, really good with nobody out, really good with two outs, terrible when there's only one out. Uh, 987 OPS against Ooh. him in that situation, which is part of what you're saying, right? He's coming in with, you know, a couple of outs left in an inning, probably, you know, coming in with if runners on and a one out trying to get maybe a double play or something. And it's not happening. Um, you know, maybe he settles in afterwards, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It's some of that's some of its recency bias. Some of it's hey, you know, it seems like it's always happening when, you know, maybe it's not. But um, yeah, I, I, it's not that you want to write off Andre Plante at all. But it's also where maybe you rethink about how you're using him in the second half. But I agree. There, there's not, you know, everybody at, in that bullpen has had issues this year. Um, you know, maybe not Chris Stratton has given up runs here and there, but he's not necessarily had a, a stretch where he's been just terrible. But I think everybody else has. And, you know, when you've got, you know, now Zach Thompson's up, but hasn't even been used yet. Um, I think because maybe they're a little bit scared of it. Um, you're using, using Dakota Hudson, although he has pitched fairly, I have to be fair. He has pitched pretty well since he's come up. Um, you know, it just, that's where it feels like, you know, just, trade for trade for somebody's you know triple a prospects or something of that nature and put them in the bullpen and see if maybe a a new arm will help uh stifle some of these fires in the second half yeah and one of the things i'll just say this with palante and then get off of that but mm-hmm. he cannot get right handers out uh and we've we've known this he has reverse splits and so yeah. he does really well against lefties but righties absolutely kill him now Part of that's the whole three batter minimum. Part of that is how he's being used by the team. But at this point right now in his career, he cannot get right-handers out. I think, let's see, they're hitting 367 against him. I mean, that's that's terrible. And then lefties are hitting 203. So he's one of those guys, situational type guys. But yeah, um, you put him in the wrong position and he is going to get drilled. Although ironically, lefties have two home runs against him and righties have one. So baseball's <laughs> weird. Uh, that's just what it pulls down to sometimes. But uh, anyway, well, Cardinals do have four days off. They do get a chance to re- refresh. Nolan Arenado, the only Cardinal all-star um, as of right now, at least. And it seems like it's getting kind of late in the day for um, other 
you know, injury or health related substitutions. So, um, everybody's going to have some time off and, you know, they start off at home and they start off against the nationals. And if you can't win that series, then I think that tells you a whole lot, right? I mean, they have to, to they have to sweep it. Yeah. I I think that's probably fair. Um, and because it's, it's sweepable. That's the biggest thing. Um, it's, they're, they're playing a team that they, it's not like we're saying, Oh, you have to go in and sweep the Astros. Um, you know, if you can't sweep the nationals who, you know, are sitting at 36 and 54, actually technically worse than the Cardinals right now. Uh, if you can't, if you can't do that, then yeah, take a good hard look in the mirror, I guess. Yeah. and, And you hope if Montgomery's healthy, you hope you have Montgomery, Flaherty, and Michaelis all yeah. pitching in that. And so right. t- definitely you have to take two of three, but I really feel like that's a series you have to sweep if you want to have any shot of getting back into it. Yep. So we will see. We will see where they stand next week. Um, we are going to do over on the Meet Me at Mutual feed uh, a roundtable on Wednesday night talking about the first half and the second half of the season. David's going to join me over there as with a, a couple of others. So look forward to that. Uh, but until next time for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. See ya. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.